Good morning, how's it? Welcome from me. I'm very keen to be with you today, very keen to share with you what God has laid on my heart as we've just heard this beautiful, this stunning story um, of the prodigal son. And so that story that we've just heard is actually about the father, but the two sons play quite an integral role in the story. There's the younger son who leaves home and there's the older son who sticks around. And both of them actually require heart adjustments along the way. We are in the middle of a series. Actually, I'm concluding a series that we've been running for the last few weeks called Taboo, where we've been speaking about things that we're not allowed to speak about or things that society tells us we're not allowed to speak about. And um, it's been a really great journey. We, um, in the first week, heard God's story. Uh, probably summed up in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God's story. The week after that we heard Karen's story um, and she spoke a little bit about, also summed up in Romans chapter 6 verse 16, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God which leads to righteous living. And then last week we heard Kerry's story um, and she spoke a little bit about um, Luke chapter 18 verse 14. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now if we reframe those three stories in the context of Luke chapter 15 and the parable of the prodigal son, in week one we looked at the father in week two, we looked at the prodigal son. In week three, we looked at the older brother. And today, there's something that I don't want us to miss. It's the setting of the story. You see, that story is set in the father's house. The father's house. And so we have to ask ourselves as the church, what is our story. We've heard all these other stories, but what is our story? What will our story be? The story of the worldwide church over history has had its ups and downs. If we look on the upside, the church is a body that embraces individuals and engages communities who is known for the love and grace of Jesus. And also, who as a collective body has done more to alter societal issues such as healthcare and education than any other body, the church. But on the downside, the church is a body that has been exclusive and judgmental, who has demonstrated at times a love that is given on condition of conforming to the norm, whatever the norm is and has wounded and broken and even killed in the name of Jesus. And because of that, in many communities and many homes, church has become taboo. We just don't talk about that. And so home ground, what will our story be? The parable of the prodigal son, I believe, has two calls to us today. Firstly, there is a very strong call to come home. And secondly, 
there is a very strong call to be home, to be home for others, to be the home. Now, I believe that at least one of these calls is directed at every single one of us today. At least one of these calls is directed at every single one of us today. If you have been here over the last three weeks, I know that God has spoken to you. He's been speaking so powerfully to all of us. You would have heard of his desire for you to live in freedom. A desire that's so strong that he was willing to go to the cross just to make that freedom accessible. You've been presented with the evidence of what God can do in a life. Even in dire and hopeless situations, how he can completely turn that around. How he can break the shackles of any addiction, no matter how big or how small, and how he can set you free. Our Father is still waiting. The invitation to come home is still open. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to start that journey. But before we get there, I want to spend a few moments looking at the call to be the home. Let me remind us that until the day that we reach our eternal home in heaven, that place where the Father is preparing a place for us, the church is the interim home here on earth. We are the interim home. And there are people who are coming back to the Father. There are people who will be coming back to the Father in the future and some even here with us today. What will they arrive to? What will their homecoming be? Will they run into the attitude of the father? Or will they be greeted by the attitude of the older brother? Will they run into arms of love, acceptance, grace and joy? Or will they be greeted by bitterness, judgment, legalism and condemnation? We are the church. We get to decide. And so I have to ask you, home ground, will you heed the call on us to be home? A little bit of a spoiler. We've already, at least, at least on a corporate level, we've made this decision already. It's even in our name. Um, the heart and desire of our church which we believe is the call of God on us as a church, is to be home. It's to be home ground. But I do believe that God is asking that same question of us as individuals. And he's asking us, he's asking me, he's asking you, will you be home for others? So what is home? I just want to emphasize two things today. You know, firstly, Home is the place where you can be most yourself. Any parents here might identify with this, but imagine you're sitting with some friends and you mention to them that your children have been a little bit difficult recently. And the first friend looks over at you and says, What? Your child? I don't believe it. They are so kind and gentle when they're at our house. The second one joins in to gang up on you and they say, no, your child is the most polite child I've ever met. The third one jumps in and says, yeah, I keep telling our children to act more like your child. And then one of them says to you, but you know what, don't worry. 
you know, often, often children play up at home because they feel really safe with you and, and you're their safe space. They can just let go and be completely themselves, just, you know, all the good, the bad and the ugly. Has anyone ever heard that before? Anyone identify with that? I mean, and it's great, but I really would love this polite, gentle role model of a child to come and visit my house every now and then. But home is exactly that. It's the place where you can be completely yourself. And at this home, at home ground, we value authenticity. We value realness. You know, masks off. Unfortunately, not the COVID ones. The COVID masks have to stay on. Apologies for that. But for you who are at home, you're allowed to have them off. That's absolutely great. Interesting story, though. Um, if you're not aware, at Promised Land, um, we've had a character called Crazy Mark. He's a Promised Land is our kids' ministry. And this character, Crazy Mark, has shown up throughout the year. And Crazy Mark actually is my husband, Barry. But don't tell your children. Um, anyway, the other day we were filming Crazy Mark. And I asked my daughter to go and find a mask, a superhero crazy Mark mask, um, because we couldn't find one. She said, yes, I know exactly where it is. And she ran into the kitchen and she came back and she came back with a, with a COVID mask, you know, like the masks we're all wearing at the moment. And um, it's just so funny. I found it so, so funny that pre-2020, pre-COVID, maybe apart from the kind of medical field, but everyone, if you ask for a mask, would think, you know, that superhero kind of mask. And now everyone thinks the COVID mask. It's just quite interesting. But I'm thinking of that. What a great shift, actually. You know, mask used to be the, the most common word for mask or understanding of the word for mask used to be something to hide yourself behind or some way to pretend to be something that you're not. And now the most common use of the word mask is something for protection. Imagine people could make that shift here. That this home is not a place where you need to pretend. But rather this home is a place where you know you will be protected. That's what home is. So we value authenticity, masks off and gloves down. No judgment. You know, we have a God who is completely capable of judging everyone who needs to be judged wherever needed. It's not our job, it's his job. Our job is to love, no judgment, just love. People don't have to fear, just love. They will come across love. People don't have to feel shame because there will be love. You can be real. You can be honest. You can be yourself. You can be home. The second thing I want to mention about home is that home is the place where you belong. And it's actually got very little to do with you. You know, a home doesn't matter about your style or your habits or your failures or successes or your personality. You know, for example, you could be incredibly irritating and yet at home you belong. You could be excessively obnoxious, but at home you belong. It's got very little to do with you. It's actually a choice. At some point in time, a decision was made. You know, maybe it was a marriage, maybe it was an adoption, maybe it was kind of like a, a friends who are like family living agreement that you came to, maybe it was a birth. It's a choice. It's a covenant. It's a decision and at times it's blood. Can I tell you about a choice, a covenant, a decision about blood? Well, Christ died. And he died 
for the church. And he died for all. He wants all of his children to come home. Every one of them. He wants all of them to be included. He wants all of them to belong. You, those who are pretty much like you, those who are a little bit like you, and those who are nothing like you. They were all included in that decision. They are all covered by his blood. They all belong. They're all invited. So at this home, at Home Ground, we value inclusivity and diversity. And I really feel that those things go together because church means that all people are included. The more diverse, the better, I think. You know, I think if God's home was a box of biscuits, it would be choice assorted. And so the simple answer to the question, who are we called to be home for, is everyone. But I really do believe that God has a special place for the broken. I believe that God has a special heart for the vulnerable, for the hurting, for the outcast, and for the prodigal. You know, when our bodies are injured, are physically injured, even if I get a little paper cut, what happens in my body is that the blood rushes to that area where I've been hurt. You know, and it takes special proteins and antibodies and blood cells. They all rush there with that blood in order to bring healing. And I believe in the body of Christ. The blood of Jesus runs to the area of hurt. It rushes to that area of hurt in order to bring healing. And as the church, we need to have the same heart of Christ. And we need to be a home for the hurting. And we need to be a home for the hopeless. And we need to be a home for even the hated. Now, Karen said two weeks ago that the church needs to develop a culture that doesn't cast out, but rather calls back our prodigal sons and daughters. And when prodigals make their way back to the father, they need a home. Kara needed a home. Kerry and Brahm needed a home. I need a home, you need a home, and there are plenty in our community who need a home. Will we be home for them? People who have been wounded and people who are in need of healing are not going to come neatly packaged. And we shouldn't expect them to. As I've said, we value authenticity. It's kind of this come-as-you-are culture. God will meet you where you're at. Home is the place where people can heal. You don't have to heal up before you can come in. Home is where recovery can happen. You don't have to have fully recovered before you can come in. But it's only with authenticity that our home can have that culture of recovery where it doesn't matter how wounded you are, if you're bleeding all over the place, you are welcome to come in. We value inclusivity and diversity. We don't want to be this cookie cutter type of church where everyone has to look exactly the same. No, we want to be a choice assorted church 
to bring our uniquenesses and our own individual stories and our own gifts. You know, prodigals might not come neatly packaged with a ribbon tied around them. I think that God's house sometimes looks a bit more like this version of choice assorted. You know, the kind you get from the factory shops. Actually with exactly the same value. They're just broken and crushed. Now that kind of packet of choice assorted is not great for the consumer. If I went into a shop and I could choose between that broken packet and, and the beautifully wrapped packet, I probably would go with a beautifully wrapped packet. But guys, in a home, you are not called to be a consumer. You're called to be family. We are not to be consumers. We are called to be family. We are called to rally around and to support, to invest in, to care, to pick up, to get our hands dirty. We are called to love like Jesus loves. And we all grow in the process. Barry and I went to Kruger Park a bunch of years back. It's one of my favorite places in the world, actually. And I remember we were sitting on this dirt road and there was a herd of elephants that was crossing the road. Beautiful, beautiful picture. There was no other car in sight. And so we pulled our car a little bit, you know, a little bit across the road so that Barry could take some photos. Um, and the next thing, these two Impala, I don't know where they came from, just came sprinting through the bushes. We thought something was chasing them. The elephants were trumpeting. It was all going crazy. I thought at that point I might be taken to heaven. I thought it was done. These massive elephants just going crazy. There was nothing chasing these Impala. I don't know what their problem was. But anyway, when we went back and we looked at the photos, it was amazing to see what those elephants actually did. Have a look at this picture. If you can notice, the smallest tiny elephant is right in the middle, protected by the biggest elephant. And the second smallest elephant is also there in the middle, protected by the second biggest elephant. I don't know if these elephants have like a practice session. That's what it looks like. It's like, all right, everyone, we're going to practice getting into our formation. That's kind of what it felt like because this is how they formed in a matter of seconds. But isn't that so beautiful that everyone in the family has a role? Every single one from the smallest to the biggest, from the most vulnerable to the least vulnerable. Everyone has a role and everyone can be safe. And you know that smallest little elephant right in the middle there, one day she's going to get a little brother and she's going to have to protect him. Everyone has a role. We are called to be family. We are called to be home. Home ground, will you heed the call to be home? You know, throughout history, there have been times when the church has acted more like the older brother than the father. Please, please, can we be a church that acts like the father? May we love like the father. May we embrace people 
like the Father. May we treat prodigals like our brothers and sisters. And may we not only celebrate when brothers and sisters come home, but may we go out and bring them home. Home ground. Will we be home for those who need it? Let's pray. God, what a powerful call you've given to us. And my prayer and my desire is that we would heed the call to be home for those who come home. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to have a time of communion and worship. It's a time to contemplate and a time to respond and celebrate. If you forgot to get the elements, you can pause the video right now and you can head off and just get some grape juice and some bread or if you don't have grape juice, get some other liquid, it's fine. But we're going to take some time to worship and to celebrate. We're going to celebrate God the Father. God the Father, the one who is so desperately waiting for all of his sons and daughters to come home. That he was willing to send his one and only son away. We're going to celebrate Jesus who gave himself for us in pain and agony so that we can experience freedom. And he did that for everyone. And we're going to celebrate Holy Spirit who right now is interceding for us. You see, the whole Trinity, they're all in this together. And we're going to worship, we're going to eat, and we're going to remember Christ's body that was broken for us. And we're going to drink, and we're going to remember His blood. We're going to remember His covenant with us. And so in your own time, as we worship where you are, let's remember, let's worship, and let's celebrate.